And really the transition into virtual reality was partly by coincidence and partly by wanting to really try and push the boundaries of storytelling into new territory. You know, you have to trust that you're onto something and that it's something that's of value. And we watched this really short animated piece and I was completely taken by the technology. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced in my life. Hi, I'm Tanya, and you're listening to Jenna Batanda. Welcome to episode 18, where my guest is a woman whose expertise is in storytelling and leveraging the power of visualization. This time, Jenna Batanda goes tech and learn about virtual and augmented reality, VR and AR. She is the CEO of Warrior 9 VR, a leading virtual reality company based out of Singapore. This episode is in part a tribute to the upcoming International Women's Day on March 8th. I hope you'll find her story enlightening and inspiring to get you out of your comfort zones and discover your own unique talents. Without further ado, I bring you Ashima Thomas. Welcome back to the show, everyone, to another episode of Janda Bachanda. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Ashima Thomas. She and I um, have something in common that we are both alumni of the same school, um, United World College in Singapore, different years, of course. She's much younger than I am. And um, she is a former journalist like me. Um, Ashima was a former BBC reporter, and that's how we got to know each other. And today she's going to come and tell us about her work, complete leap into something different, which is the world of virtual reality. So welcome to the show, Ashima. Thank you. It's good to be here. And I don't think you're that much older than me, maybe one year. Oh, bless you. Bless you. We'll stick with that. Okay. It's on the yeah. record. It's on the record. I'm on, I'm only a year older than the millennials. So we'll stick to that. Okay, <laughs> but um, so that humor aside, yeah, the f- the first time we got connected, you were um, working as a BBC reporter. Yeah, I so I produced um, a show out of Singapore, um, and uh, yeah, I kind of fell into that career unexpectedly, and okay. now I'm working in VR unexpectedly. <laughs> well, tell me more about that because I'm really, really interested in hearing more about from journalism, and then now into virtual reality. And well, one other thing that I would like to ask is your title. Is that you're the CEO of this virtual reality company? So not only that, so you've now become a little bit of an entrepreneur as well. What's the story? So I suppose the thing that kind of connects everything I've done since I left school is storytelling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I started out in news and then I went into short film. And really the transition into virtual reality was partly by coincidence and partly by wanting to really try and push the boundaries of storytelling into new territory. So at the time that we discovered virtual reality, I had a company that where I was making short films, both documentary and uh, fiction. 
And, you know, we were dabbling with a script that my partner had written, which was an animated science fiction show, originally Mm -hmm. meant for TV. And after we started shopping it around here and there and everywhere, we met somebody who told us, you know, there is something I want to show you. And it was our first virtual reality experience, like a the first consumer level virtual reality experience. And we watched this really short animated piece and I was completely taken by the technology. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced in my life. And the idea of bringing the story that we had written into this medium was so exciting that we decided to go down that path. And that was... 2015 and, and never looked back yeah and we never looked back and we we sort of persisted with that story that we were initially shopping around it's called the phoenix and actually this week we finished um the first season of that show in virtual reality so mm-hmm. it has been a momentous journey so it's a series but done in a virtual reality format That's right. And it's CG animation of five 10-minute episodes, and it's set in space, and it's a space opera, good versus evil, a lot of, um, you know, relatable storylines within it, and it's been... um, completely a journey that we never expected to have in terms of doing it in a new technology and the kinds of opportunities that opens up in this new space and this new industry. Mm. Well, you had me at space opera, so that was already (laughs) very interesting. Space opera done in virtual reality, so that's amazing. And so your new company is called Warrior 9 Virtual Reality, Warrior 9 VR, and how you describe yourselves are as storytellers. So this is, again, in that same vein of using new media, but essentially you are storytellers. Yeah. And the thing about it is that, you know, the industry keeps adapting rapidly over time. So when we first got into it, we really approached this as, well, take an experience like watching a show and transport it into this new medium. And what we realized is that actually it is something completely different. It's not like you can take what you know from creating a film and then just plonk it into a virtual environment. It's a completely new way of telling a story. And, you know, we started with the Phoenix, which is a stereoscopic 360 degree experience. So it's not really interactive apart from you being able to look around um, to take in the story. But, you know, as the industry progressed, and the tools became easier to use, the technology became better, we then started to realize there's a whole other aspect to this, which is interaction. And how do you then take a narrative story and, you know, allow the viewer to interact with it and for the story to make sense? And what is the power then that having this ability to interact and give someone agency, what is the power you can give to a story? So, you know, it's really opened up a lot of new 
ideas and thoughts for us on how you actually construct and tell stories and what is the purpose and how do you move somebody, not just emotionally, but, you know, physically as well and viscerally, they can experience a narrative. And so that's really the most exciting thing about um, storytelling with virtual reality. Amazing. Well, on this show, what I, what I like is when I like to champion stories that are different, such as yours, um, and also to encourage other listeners to have faith in pursuing something that's interesting to them, not just... You know, you hear all the time people say you have to follow your passion, but this is something even you, more unique because you are discovering a way of storytelling that is different from what you're used to. And you had the courage to actually pursue this. Did you did you have any fear in doing uh, something so different? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's it's possible to be fearless. I mean, I think you, you know, you have to trust that you're onto something and that it's something that's of value. Um, but of course, it's scary. You know, I, I actually don't have a very technology heavy background. Okay. And, you know, and this was moving into a completely tech um, focused way of building a story from scratch in areas that I had no experience in. And so, you know, it's sort of partly just trusting and believing and doing the work to really think, okay, you know, I can, there is a contribution I can make here and then surround yourself with the right people. Um, But also it is partly just persisting. Because, of course, there's a lot of struggles, there's a lot of no's, there's a lot of closed doors. There's, you know, the the usual thing, I think, that everybody faces when they're trying to do something new and different. I think one of the things that we find the hardest is even though people understand that VR exists and they have a concept of what it is, it still takes time to convince people of its value and its power, you know, and that's the struggle we face every single day. But I feel like it's worth it and we just have to push through because I believe so much in the in the technology and the the potential. There's so much there that I, I want to ask you. You mentioned there, not only do you have, you need to have faith in what you're doing, do the work, surrounding yourself with the people that you trust. Back to the title of your company currently, Warrior Nine. Are there nine of you that wise Warrior Nine? <laughs> Uh, I think nine is aspirational at this point. Um, so there's okay. six of us right now. Okay. Uh, well, five to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we started off when we went into VR with three of us. Mm-hmm. And, okay. um, you know, and we've managed to really find an amazing team. And it's been very much through untraditional ways. So, you know, because also, again, you're looking at an industry where not many people have any experience, really. And so it's about assembling a team of people who trust 
they believe and they want to be on the journey and do what they have to do to figure it out. And so, you know, and those people have come to us in so many different ways. Um, I'm a big believer in you have to put out to the universe what you're looking for and it'll come back to you somehow. Okay. Maybe not in the way that you think, but you just have to keep persisting, really. And you're the only woman out of that um, uh, group of five. Yes. Yeah. So that makes you warrior goddess. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't escape me. It's, there's few women in the industry here, actually, in Singapore. Yeah. Globally, it's a lot more, mm -hmm. I would say, balanced. It feels a lot more balanced than other tech industries. Um, there is a big push for women in VR. There are a lot of groups around it and a lot of, um, organizing around that aspect of VR. So it's been interesting to see that too. Or just in women and tech in general, right? I mean, so that's true. Yeah. That's not true. just VR. I mean, VR is even more niche than, than just women in tech. So mm. I do congratulate you for being part of that very proud and select group of women. Oh, uh, so, but you hear it folks. Um, so it's a very uh, selective round table of nine people and there's some empty seats there. So uh, if that calls to you, you know where to find Ashima. She has her Instagram, uh, warrior9vr and also her Facebook page. You are still listening to Janda Bachanda. For our Jakarta-based listeners, we will have our first off-air events. Please subscribe to our newsletter on jandabachanda.com for the details. Now back to our episode. Talk to me a little bit more about your latest project, Our Ocean Life. Yeah, so we actually have a, a line of work related to plastic pollution in the ocean. And it actually started off with a VR experience called Oceans We Make. And we made that sort of as a passion project and it started to get a lot of traction. And this was one of those things where, you know, we wanted to experiment with interaction and see how we can take people through a narrative and have some kind of meaningful end to it. And the issue of plastic is very close to my heart because... I'm a scuba diver, actually. And so I've been in situations where, um, you know, I've been in situations where you are on a pristine dive and then you start to see pieces of plastic floating in the yeah. sea. Um, and so that's really the basis of what all of our work in both VR and AR actually uh, is based on. That was the starting point. And so Our Ocean Life is a augmented reality app. And so taking the sort of principles of immersive storytelling that we use, we adapted our VR experience to be in AR. And again, it's a story about you know, you're in a beautiful undersea environment and then you start to see plastic and then you're asked to interact and then, you know, the story progresses. And 
what we've realized is that there's really this opportunity with these new technologies to take a social message and present it to people in a completely new way to open up their thinking and put them in a mind space that's so different to any other kind of messaging. And so with Our Ocean Life, our aim really is for this app to be available for mass distribution and to be used in all circumstances in classrooms, you know, at home and in institutions. And just for people to have a five minute experience that really opens their mind. Is that on the smartphone? Is that like a goggle or what? How does that work? So that's using a, a device, so a phone or a tablet. Okay. And it's currently available on the iPad and in March, it's going to be available on the iPhone and iPad and then eventually Android as well. And really, um, you know, our aim is to to get it out there for everyone, but we're working on bulking it up with a lesson plan for educators. Um, you know, we're looking to tie up with a few nonprofits or NGOs who actually do address the issue of plastic pollution so that we can create a sort of holistic experience that starts with a piece of content, but you know, can be expanded into to actually making impact. And for us, it's the impact part is so important. You know, like we, of course, we want everyone to have an experience, but that experience has to move you to the point where you feel like you want to do something about it. And in that moment, we can capture you and say, well, here's what you can do. So that's really what we're doing with this project. Okay. So the warrior goddess has spoken. <laughs> wants to engage you in virtual reality experience that is um, so moving, so persuasive that you actually do something. And maybe the message is just basically for us to think about all the little things that we can do every day to do something to reduce plastic pollution. Because obviously Indonesia suffers quite a bit of that. Um, I used to live in Bali and um, there are times of the year where the beach is just completely littered with um, plastic trash. So this is obviously something that is relevant um, uh, personal for many of us in this country. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm, 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 I'd be very interested in following and seeing how that progresses and how that evolves for um, your followers. Um, yeah. And yeah, keep it. How do we find out about the availability of our ocean life on our iPads or iPhones? Yeah. So, you know, our Facebook page, Warrior 9 VR. And then I have a Twitter account, which is Ashima underscore VR, updating how our projects are progressing. Really, we're always open for people to reach out to us, too. So on our website and through Facebook, we do get people reaching out to us because they're interested in learning more about the experiences. And we're always happy to entertain those requests because it's VR and AR. It's not always so straightforward. So that's why we encourage people to just contact us if they're interested. All right. Perfect. So what's next for you? Because obviously this is something that's evolving, not just the virtual reality, but that's that seems like you are really enjoying this. Uh, the storytelling for you has been sort of the primary or the most dominant thing that leads you to your through your different career path from being a reporter from doing short documentaries so doing virtual reality so what's next for you 
Wow. Well, you know, I really have a vision to be able to grow our company to create these amazing immersive experiences. And, you know, of course, virtual and augmented reality is a start, but I do think that we're going into a future where people value experience a lot. And so using different technologies, um, using physical space, you know, um, and being able to, for people to really live stories, I think that is an exciting future. That's where, you know, I have my sight on. And I don't know what it's going to look like, but I can see sort of the few steps that we need to take to go in that direction, which is what we're doing now. Excellent. Well, I'm so, so excited because um, I have a daughter who's 12 and, you know, I can't wait to have her see this and so that she could experience that as well, all your hard work and different projects. And in, in particular for her, she's, um, you know, like some days I walk into her room and like, what are you doing? She's like, she's she's learning coding. She's doing coding in her room, you know. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it is amazing. And I, I like that. I like hearing when girls and women like go into things that so not traditionally something that uh, it was even possible for even even thought about for a lot of women so I, I like I like hearing more and more stories like this and um, you know I, I, I wish you all the best and much success with all this thank you so much it was such a pleasure to talk to you and yeah I think you know what you said is so relatable because we went to the same school yeah. and when I think back on what we were thinking about in school for our careers, it's just completely so different now, like unbelievably different. And there's so much opportunity for, for everyone really to, to follow their passion and actually, you know, survive and thrive doing that. And so I think it's very exciting times, especially for your daughter. Yes. And her generation. So all, all exciting things to come. So yeah, we hopefully I, I, you know, speaking of virtual reality, I've only connected with Ashima only <laughs> through the airwaves because I've, I've never, we've never actually met. That's true. <laughs> That's right. We're living a virtual reality now. We are. <laughs> we, shall meet. we shall meet. It's going to happen. I'm willing. It's going to happen. One yes. of these days. Um, fantastic. Well, Ashima, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're welcome back anytime. And I look forward to seeing more of your projects. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. Thank you for listening. For more episodes, you can check out our archives on dandabatanda.com. Please subscribe to our newsletter to hear our latest social events and upcoming workshops. Don't miss out. Bye for now. <laughs>